0: You're listening to the DB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DB Supply Show. This is your host, Matt Breckwald. Hey, thank you very much for joining us again this week. Well, I'll tell you what, the episode we're doing today is one of my favorite types to do, and that is an episode where I come up with a question. What is a question that people walking into a D&B supply or any farm and ranch store anywhere might have, and can we answer that question for you right now and help you out? Uh, So you go in with a better idea of what it is you want, what it is you need, or the questions you need to ask to clarify. Today, we're going to do that with winter work clothing. You know, there's a lot that goes into that. The hours of daylight are significantly reduced during this time of year. So you got to worry about low visibility. And so what can we wear to enhance that visibility, especially if we're working around traffic and places like that of course this is when we get the bulk of our precipitation both in eastern oregon and in southern idaho and so we want to talk about waterproof clothing and water resistant clothing as well and then this is definitely when it's cold so we want to talk about how to stay warm what to buy how to enhance functionality in partnership with Staying Warm. And so today I'm going to be interviewing Rebel Mills, and she is the clothing manager from the Twin Falls D&B store. And I'll tell you what, she knows a lot about all three of these categories. And she works down in Twin Falls, so she knows about Staying Warm because it gets chilly down there and the wind can blow. So we'll have her on to talk all about this, and I've got a bunch of questions for her. And I hope you find it very informative and beneficial, and it helps you stay warm during this winter. Hi, Rebel. Thanks for coming on the show today.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: You bet. I'm looking forward to the discussion and really talking a lot about work clothing and, and how it maybe changes or what we should be looking at this time of year. I tell you what, though, before we do that, I want to ask you just a little bit about you. Would that be okay? Sure. Okay, so I gotta I've gotta start off because I know that when I learned your first name I had never met anybody with the first name Rebel and I've already asked you about it, but for our listeners, how did you come to be named Rebel?
1: Well, there's a song called Rebel Yell by Billy Idol from the eighties. That is my namesake song. That is where I'm named from.
0: Okay, so your parents were obviously fans of Billy Idol.
1: Right. Yes. My mother definitely was, apparently.
0: <laughs> very cool. Well, I like it. And it's a very cool name. And, and so you're the clothing manager at the Twin Falls store for DNB Supply. So how did you come to be that person in that position?
1: Well, I have worked here for quite a few years. I'm going on year number six. I just worked my way up the chain, started as a cashier and um, worked my way into clothing. And I love what I do here.
0: That is awesome. So you are our go-to person. I want to talk all about work clothing. And really, I'm thinking about specific to this time of year. So we have really low light, cold conditions. And, you know, here in eastern Oregon and southern Idaho, the bulk of our precipitation is coming during these months. So you're the person to talk to about recommendations for people who need to buy work clothes, right?
1: Right.
0: Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's start out with low visibility. So this is something that I I wanted to ask about. So this time of year, you know, so many people who work close to traffic or or in areas where they need to be highly visible, they're starting their workday before the sun comes up because it's coming up so late, and then they're still there at dusk when it can be really difficult to see. And in those times of day, and even after dark, if they're working late. So with the short days this time of year, what do you recommend when when somebody wants to maximize their visibility for their own safety when they're working outside and in some of those high traffic areas?
1: Well, we definitely do have plenty of items to deal with. High visibility definitely is something that we carry lots and lots of. We have jackets, hats, gloves, face masks, a lot of those things you can use um, in order to better protect yourself out there when you're working your traffic.
0: And so almost anything that you want to buy for winter clothing these days, you can get in a color or a make that is going to increase and enhance your safety through high visibility.
1: Right. Yes.
0: Well, Rebel, I wanted to ask you about reflective clothing. So for those folks who are getting up and they're working in low light conditions, does the color of the reflective clothing make a difference, whether it's orange or yellow or, or something different?
1: You bet it does. Um, You want to take into consideration a couple factors. You want to look at your surroundings and you want to also look at the time of the day that you are working. So for your surroundings, you want to maybe go for maybe an orange if you are working in like a rural farmland area where you're surrounded by fields. That way you can stand out against something like corn stalks or bales of hay. So this is the same reason that Hunters would wear orange um, because if you see a patch of orange in the middle of a green forest, you'll know that that's a person. Mm -hmm. You would want to wear green in a desert type of environment so you can stand out in like maybe red dust or rocks and sagebrush. Got it. Now, if you see the the time of the day, you want to wear green in low-light situations like um, early morning or late in the evening because it's easier to see. And this is where the reflective bands that we talked about are important as well. They make up for the fact that even hive is green or orange you can't see in the middle of the night because it's dark. Mm-hmm. An interesting fact to also think about is um, if you're working on busy roadways, most of those workers would wear green for the fact that one in 10 men drivers are colorblind and they can't distinguish the colors orange or red apart from the surroundings. So they want to wear green in order to stay more conspicuous to everyone going by.
0: Wow, I had never heard that about the colorblindness, and I had no idea that, that green would benefit you if somebody did have that. Right. Yeah, that really stands out. And when you, have, when you have companies coming in to your store there in Twin Falls and saying, hey, we've got to outfit this many employees for these conditions or, or that, what are they looking for mostly? Is it usually jackets? Is it, is it pants that are reflective? Or is it just everything that's on the menu?
1: everything. Well, I have some folks that are just looking like maybe for a vest. Now a vest you can get and you can wear it over a big jacket. That way you don't have to buy this special high visibility jacket. Or they just look for headwear that is maybe reflective or in the high vis orange or green. So you can see that.
0: And that that makes sense too, because then in any weather condition, you can be using that
1: exactly
0: well that's interesting because why do people choose to buy a dedicated work jacket that's reflective then rather than just one that they can use in non-work situations and just throw a vest over
1: it's for working out on road construction and in the middle of traffic if they were using or maybe had a job where they were not in um, traffic all the time maybe the vest would be the better way to go
0: yeah, so if it varies from condition to condition, you know, sometimes they're working out in the desert, other times they're right on the road, uh, they need different things for different applications. Right. Got it. Now, do you see many of our, like our farm customers buying reflective clothing or are they not concerned with it?
1: I don't see a lot of our farm customers looking for that because they're not mainly on the road.
0: Yeah, and that makes a ton of sense. And then are there any reversibles or do do work clothing does just get too dirty to be reversible?
1: I think so. I don't know if I would want to wear like a reflective type of t-shirt or a work shirt, you know, more than one day a week. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Absolutely. without
1: washing it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if reversible would be the way to go.
0: Well, you know what, Rebel? I didn't know if I could make a segment talking about reflective work clothing, but I thought it was something I wanted to talk <laughs> about, but you have helped me out quite a bit, so thank you for that. <laughs> Let's take a commercial break and when we come back, I want to ask you about waterproof stuff, okay?
1: Sounds
0: good. D&B knows that
2: life in the West is defined by hard work, innovation, and constant improvement. These values made the West what it is today, and these are the values that have made Wrangler the defined Western brand since 1947. Wrangler apparel is designed to feel good in the saddle, look sharp at the rodeo, and work hard on the ranch. That's why Wrangler fits with classic Western heritage like a boot in a stirrup. For clothing that's a good value and steeped in
3: Western values, stock up on Wrangler at your favorite D&B supply. A well-worn pair of Danner boots has become a hallmark for hard-working and hard-playing people in the West, and everywhere else for that matter. Find your next pair of long-lasting great-looking, made-in-the-USA Danner boots at D&B Supply. Hold a Danner boot in your hand, and you'll notice the handcrafted precision. Try it on, and you'll feel the difference. Test it against the elements, and you'll appreciate the value of a product that's built to last. From classic hiking boots, to handcrafted work boots, to fashion-forward looks to fit your daily life, stop on by D&B Supply to try Danner boots on for size all right rebel well, i want to ask you about waterproof clothing and now
0: i guess my first question is going to be waterproof versus water resistant you always see this what is the difference
1: well waterproof is truly waterproof water cannot permeate the fabric in any way water resistant is a type of fabric that the water might feed up but if um, you were rained on a lot over time you would probably end up getting wet so, leather, for example, is a water-resistant type of fabric, so to say. Okay. Um, not waterproof, but water-resistant naturally.
0: Okay. So, leather naturally is water-resistant. And then, of course, you can add stuff to leather to, to enhance that, right? Right. Well, so let me ask you a question. Why choose water-resistant over waterproof then? If waterproof is impermeable to water, then why would anyone ever choose water-resistant?
1: Mainly for price. And also breathability waterproof is not always very very breathable, so it 's pretty hard for you know your skin to get any air through it okay, so you might end up yeah if you 're working, um, you might get a little bit more sweaty than you would wearing just something that is water resistant
0: and that makes a ton of sense too, because in our climate, at least the bulk of our precipitation falls when the when the temperatures are cool in the summer when it's when it 's warm. It's not much of an issue here. So with the temperatures being cool, if you're working in a non-breathable fabric and you get sweaty, then all of a sudden you might be dry, but now you're going to be cool from your own perspiration, right?
1: Right. Yes.
0: Okay. So you got to find the right combination of things uh, to make that work. You do. Now, I wanted to ask you too, when it comes to water resistant versus waterproof, if you get something that's impermeable to water, is that going to make it a more fragile fabric? Is it going to be easier to tear or rip?
1: No, a lot of the times it's actually more reinforced.
0: And uh, the reason I'm asking, I was thinking about in the summer when I irrigate, I bought some uh, Carhartt bibs that are completely waterproof, but they're almost rubberized, and that's that's what I've got in my mind. But I I think I have a misperception Mm -hmm. in my mind then of waterproof.
1: Yeah, something like that, definitely you'll have to watch out, you know, with sharp object and barbed wire and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Because if you do catch it, anything would definitely rip on you.
0: And now, as far as the material goes and how rigid it is between waterproof and water-resistant, is there any different functionality? Is it going to be easier to work and to move around and and to manipulate tools in one versus the other?
1: Most of the time, a water-resistant fabric might be a little bit softer and easy to move. But, you know, they're coming out with so many new products now that you can get something that is totally water-resistant, that is soft and easy to move around in. You know, you're not having to run into that where you are totally just immobilized by having to wear a waterproof rain jacket or rain bibs or something like that. You can still get your work done comfortably um, and not have to worry.
0: And when it comes to footwear, are most people buying something that comes 100% waterproof or are they buying something and treating it and, and kind of maintaining that, that outer layer to keep it highly water-resistant?
1: Now, waterproof is a, is a big thing for a lot of my customers, especially who work outside. They do look for that waterproof tag, look for something that has uh, maybe a Gore-Tex liner or a rubberized outer covering in order to make it waterproof.
0: And do people run into the same issue there if they go full waterproof in terms of uh, the breathability and, and kind of their feet getting sweaty, then getting cold? Or, or is that technology kind of developed yeah. to the point where it's not an issue?
1: A lot of the times, if you get like a leather boot that has a Gore-Tex booty inside of it, that Gore-Tex is made to wick away the moisture from your foot. Mm -hmm. So usually you don't have a lot of issues with something like that. Now, if you go into the summer where it's hot anyways, and you have that waterproof Gore-Tex boot, you still might get a little bit warm. But as far as like if you were to wear like a rubber boot while you are irrigating in the winter or even in the summer, you'd want to wear a nice, I would say wool blend sock along with it to wick the moisture away from your foot and to regulate your body temperature.
0: Now, when it comes to moisture here, do most people prefer hoods or like a waterproof hat?
1: I think it depends on the conditions. A lot of my guys will go either way. I have some guys who like hoods on their jackets and some guys who don't and would rather wear a hat.
0: So it doesn't you don't see a trend, it's just kind of user preference and it's about fifty fifty.
1: Right, yeah.
0: Are you fascinated by this stuff? I am. I don't I don't know why, but I, I really <laughs> like this stuff.
1: Well we definitely sell a lot of it.
0: <laughs> I gotta ask you about gloves. So I've I'm up in Cuna, so we're a little bit north of you there in Twin Falls, but we have our farm and every year, especially when uh we start having troughs freeze and, and I'm reaching in and I'm pulling out chunks of ice and, and stuff like that. I'm always looking for the right solution for a warm work glove that's also waterproof that's relatively, you know, I I realize I'm not going to wear a neoprene glove out there. Uh, Well, maybe I will, but I'm not going to wear a rubber glove out there working with the cattle and stuff like that. But what do you recommend when it comes to trying to stay waterproof and keep your hands dry, but you're working in wet conditions uh, with gloves for functionality and for effectiveness?
1: Well, you know, one of the things I was going to suggest is there is neoprene gloves out there where you could get the warmth and the movement and the water resistance. So that is definitely an option, that neoprene. You could get a leather work glove that you get the dexterity out of that are lined with a waterproof liner. Mm -hmm. And you can also get just some nice work gloves and have a little, maybe even a, a little liner inside of them where you can get a little extra barrier in there.
0: Interesting. So if you buy just a regular pair of work gloves, uh, can you buy like a waterproof liner or what can you get?
1: Well, you could get just a little thin, even like a neoprene little thin work glove and put it inside of a regular work glove and that would protect your hands slightly. But what I would usually recommend is the neoprene, especially if you're working and reaching into water troughs to try and get them to unfreeze.
0: So, when somebody comes to you and they ask you the exact same question I just asked you, what glove do you steer them towards?
1: I steer them towards the neoprene work glove.
0: Is there a particular brand that's making uh, the neoprene glove that you recommend, or, or is, um, are there yes, multiple? Yes,
1: it's a Kinko brand um, work glove. Okay. Right, it's neoprene, just like you would get like a neoprene boot or a neoprene waiter.
0: Okay, so that's what you go with, and then when it comes to, to working with that material... Are you giving up some durability when you go to a neoprene material? Is it kind of a trade-off, or can you get really good dur- durability like you would with leather with that waterproof material?
1: I think they are definitely durable. You could get a leather work glove, and you could put even a, um, a rubber over that leather work glove, but you would end up having to either switch around or take the rubber off. But I think the neoprene definitely is a durable glove.
0: Does anybody ever treat gloves with waterproofing material like leather gloves with waterproofing material or or wax or something like that to enhance that?
1: You definitely could do that. Um, We do sell a product from Obanoffs that is used to treat any kind of leather for waterproofing and such.
3: Know what looks good with a cowboy hat? Panhandle Western Apparel and Rock and Roll Denim available at D&B Supply. Over 70 years ago, Panhandle started putting snaps on their popular gambler-style shirt and soon became a runaway hit with cowboys and cowgirls everywhere. In the 21st century, they formed rock and roll denim, too, with fashion-forward looks and high-class jeans that fit any style. With designs both classic and fresh, get decked out for life in the West with Panhandle shirts and rock and roll denim at D&B.
2: There is nothing more iconic in the West than a cowboy hat. And no brand of cowboy hat that's better known for quality, style, and look than Stetson. Stetson's legacy dates back over 150 years. Since then, it's been turning out nothing but the best women's and men's hats in a variety of styles, from classic cowboy to straw and more. And for the real western rider in your life, nothing makes them look the part better. Stetson Classic American Hats. Available now at your favorite D&B Supply.
0: Well, Rebel, let's talk about clothing for cold weather really quick. I mean, when we talk about work clothes over the winter, yeah, visibility is really important. Waterproof is important, but really when it comes to, especially where you're at down in Twin Falls, you've got cold temps and you've got wind and, and all of that. So we should talk about that for a moment. That'd be all right? Sure. Okay. So I, I everybody working outside is concerned with this because trying to stay warm all day that is a big deal. I think what I want to start with is just with gloves. And so my first question for you about gloves, when when people come in and they want to buy a work glove for winter, the warmer the glove they get, does that mean the less functionality?
1: Not necessarily. Um, what you want to look for in a nice, warm work glove, I would consider something maybe with leather, something that has a thermal layer in it. And what that does is it... the Thinsulate, they call it, uses the heat that you generate to keep you warm. And so what I would do is I'd get like a leather work glove or maybe even um, a synthetic type of fabric that you could throw in the washer if you get it dirty.
0: Oh, okay. So those synthetic ones, you can actually just throw them right in the washer.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: Okay. I did not realize that. Now, uh, you're talking about leather, but as I look around and I look at different selections, and I always pick uh, the work gloves that I like the best. I see different things like deer skin, pig skin, all sorts of stuff. So, how should somebody go about picking? You know, what kind of hide they want on their gloves?
1: I think that the hide is a personal preference. Um, I think that the The cow leather is definitely the most popular. You could go with pigskin. It's definitely really, really tough. You could go with, if you wanted something with some dexterity, goat skin is really, really soft.
0: And uh, and deer skin, I think that's one of the softer ones as well, isn't it?
1: Right, yes. And definitely very popular.
0: Well, let's talk boots for a minute. Is there a sole that we can buy or a a boot with a sole on it that's good if we're going to be working on ice and really slippery surfaces?
1: What's good for that? You could look for maybe a pack boot um, that has a nice like rubber bottom to it. A Vibram sole is really great for walking on ice. And you might even consider putting something like ice trekkers on your boots, which are kind of like um, snowshoes. So the ice trekkers are like snow chains for your shoes.
0: So that's something where if you bought a boot where you had a sole that was good for the summer, you could use those and make it kind of multi-purpose for the ice as well?
1: Definitely. Yeah, they would definitely give you some good traction um, outside, and you'd just want to watch them on the inside where you wouldn't like scratch your, um, your nice wood floors or something like that.
0: Okay. Now, my wife is a runner, and she runs in ice and snow. And she put something on her running shoes called Yak Tracks or something like that. So when you're talking about these things, are we talking about something similar?
1: Yes, that's exactly the same thing.
0: Oh, it is? Definitely. Okay. So that's like a, a kind of something with some spring tension to it. It wraps around the, around the shoe and it puts that metal on the bottom to grip or dig into that ice.
1: Right, exactly. There's a few different brands that you could get, but yeah, that's essentially the same idea.
0: Now, you mentioned Thinsulate a moment ago for the gloves. Is Thinsulate the main thing that's used to insulate boots for warmth?
1: Yes, it is. You do want to look for something with a Thinsulate lining in it, and it does the same thing. It uses the fibers inside of the Thinsulate fill to kind of circulate the air and use the warmth that you are generating in order to keep you warm, but it's also breathable So that way, if you do start to sweat, it circulates the air to kind of dry you out, too.
0: Okay. Now, when it comes to the warmth in a boot, do you go just off of the amount of Thinsulate in it, or do you combine that with the type of socks you're choosing, or do you recommend a combination of the two?
1: I think a combination of the two. I think socks are definitely very, very important when you're looking at keeping your feet warm and um, dry. You want to look for something that I always recommend, a wool blend type of sock, because it is a moisture-wicking material. It wicks all the sweat away from your foot, as well as circulates the air and keeps you nice and dry.
0: I'll tell you what let's take a quick commercial break and when we come back I've got about a million more questions for you about uh, cold weather clothing
1: (laughs) sounds good I'll try to have a million answers
2: say you were to ride off into the sunset Ideally, what kind of boots and clothes would you be wearing? For horseback riders of all styles, nothing beats the look and performance of Ariat. Available at D&B Supply. Everyone from famous rodeo cowboys to country music legends to equestrian Olympians turn to Ariat with confidence. You can count on them too. Think of Ariat as your ultimate riding companion for the life and times in the West. When you need to better outfit your ride with Ariat, stop on by your favorite D&B
3: Supply. With bitter cold days and nights right around the bend, make sure your animals have what they need to stay warm and healthy. For horses, that means plenty of water and the right nutrition you'll find in Neutrina Safe Choice Horse Feeds from D&B. Neutrina Safe Choice Horse Feeds supplement hay to give your horses the additional calories, nutrients, and fiber they need to keep warm this winter. Neutrina Safe Choice Horse Feeds. Available at your favorite D&B Supply. All right, Rebel. Well, along the lines of
0: cold weather boots, when it comes to the Thinsulate, I've looked at them before and seen, I guess they measure the amount in there in grams, 200 grams, 400 grams, something like that. Am I right about that?
1: You are correct. They can go anywhere from 100 grams all the way up to like 1,000 grams. Oh, wow. Um, depending on where you're working, yeah, 1,000 is pretty intense. Usually around here, two to six is pretty normal six being on the high end for a insulate lining for warmth, definitely. Now,
0: when you increase the grams of thinsulate, does that impact the workability of that boot?
1: Um, not necessarily. It just, I would think that if you increase the grams, it would make for a thicker, tighter boot. A bigger boot, definitely. So, you know, you'll have to be cautious about what you're lugging around on your feet.
0: When someone's out working in these cold temps, is there a preferred... Material, uh, leather, synthetic, something like that, in terms of flexibility or rigidity once it gets really cold?
1: I think it's a personal preference on what you like. Leather is definitely um, one of the most popular because it is water resistant. You want to definitely look for something that has a Gore Tex lining for um, waterproof. And you might even consider maybe like a pack boot style, which has the rubber boot on the bottom with a leather type upper.
0: And then why would you want to go with that? How would that enhance things for you?
1: Well, you would definitely get the waterproofing on it. Pack boots definitely are made for the snow. They have a great, nice rubber sole on them, so you get really good traction. They have an inner liner that you can easily take out and wash if you need to. Mm -hmm. So that's a great feature of them. But you definitely get the warmth out of them, and um, your feet are protected.
3: I
0: asked you about the soles of boots uh, just a moment ago. So I've got two pairs of work boots that, uh, that I primarily use. One is uh, um, just my Western boots, my pull-ons. Those are Justin's, and they've got the composite toe, and they're waterproof. And then I've got a pair of the uh, the mucks that I use. Like right now, uh, where I'm at in CUNA, we've thawed out, and I've just got mud everywhere. So when I go out and feed in the morning, I'm definitely wearing those. And those are nice, too. They're, they feel like they're somewhat insulated keep my feet warm. But when it gets really cold, when we get single digits or, or low teens, upper teens, When I wear my Justins uh, with that sole, as I walk, I notice that it feels harder and firmer. It's almost like a tap shoe hitting the concrete. Am I imagining this, or is this something legitimate?
1: No, I think that is something very legitimate, and it just depends on how the sole on that boot is made. You want to look for something with a nice Vibram sole, or like the rubber lug sole that comes on the pack boot, something that's going to stay, I guess, softer, so you can get that traction on that ice and snow. Okay. But that's, again, where those ice trekkers or the, the yak tracks; those definitely would come in handy.
0: Now, when it comes to keeping your feet warm, and, and we asked this uh, earlier as well, talking about breathability, I worry if I get too much thinsulate, if I overheat my foot and I sweat and it's not breathable, then that sweat's going to stay in there and now I'm going to have cold feet the rest of the day. Am I picturing this correctly?
1: Yeah, that is where um, a good sock comes in. Okay. Um Because you want to keep your feet dry. So you do want something, I would say, a wool blend sock in order to wick that sweat away. Because if your feet do get sweaty, um, once you start to get cold, it's really hard for them to warm up if they're still wet. Mm-hmm.
0: So you got to wick it away. And then when it comes to treating the outside of your boots, if you're waterproof in the outside of your boots, is that like plugging those pores up? Is that going to harm that breathability or reduce it?
1: No, it's not supposed to. Uh, what you want to look for, depending on the type of boot that you have, you can use a silicone spray. But a silicone spray is a surfactant, which means that it just stays on the the surface of the item that you're spraying it on, like your boots Mm -hmm. for waterproofing material, your boot should still be somewhat breathable with the liners that it has in it. Since we're talking waterproofing, if you have like a leather boot, you want to use some sort of a preservative that can also preserve, restore, and condition as well as waterproof your boots. That will keep your leather nice and soft and um, keep it from cracking as it dries you know if you get leather Mm -hmm. wet as it dries out it definitely gets um, more rigid and can crack with time
0: all right well let's take another commercial break when we come back i want to ask you some more about outerwear all right Okay. Hamilton Carhartt started sweating the
2: details back in 1889. Carhartt started to stitch together workwear made to stand up to steel, smoke and the Industrial Revolution. Ever since, Carhartt gear has survived in the most rugged corners of the world and thrived in the harshest conditions at work or home. In 1959, a couple of fellas named Dutch and Bud set up their first supply shop in Idaho to outfit people in the West with only the best. When you need the stuff of legends even just to make it through the work day, stop in for some Carhartt at your favorite d supply.
3: With bitter cold days and nights right around the bend, make sure your animals have what they need to stay warm and healthy. For horses, that means plenty of water and the right nutrition you'll find in Neutrina Safe Choice Horse Feeds from d and Neutrina Safe Choice Horse Feeds supplement hay to give your horses the additional calories, nutrients, and fiber they need to keep warm this winter. Neutrina Safe Choice Horse Feeds available at your favorite d&b supply all right well let's
0: talk about outerwear for a minute and i want to start off like this what is the warmest thing that somebody can come into d&b and get if they're going to be working outside what's the absolute warmest thing they could get if they came in and said give me your warmest thing
1: i would steer them towards a nice heavy duty carhartt jacket is what i would steer them to
0: and there's going to be different levels of thickness and warmth, uh, even with Carhartt jackets, right?
1: Right, definitely. You want to look at the type of lining the lining that it has. You can go from something as like a light thermal or fleece um, material in the liner, or you can go with something with a heavy-duty quilt material that has lots of fill in it that will keep you warm, just like thin slate. And there is even some now that are coming out with the actual Thinsulate in them, so you can have a thinner lighter jacket that still keeps you really warm
0: and just as tough still as Carhartt has a reputation for being okay now if you're if you're really coming in to get the warmest thing you're going to be outside all day in the worst conditions maybe you're going to be you know up in Fairfield up there in the Camas Prairie or something like that it's cold it's windy you know all that the thicker it is my assumption is that it's going to you're going to work slower it's just going to be harder to be flexible and and things like that but am I am I thinking correctly along those lines
1: Yeah, definitely if you're working out in those conditions, I would definitely steer them towards something like that. That cotton duck canvas is windproof, or not windproof, but wind um, repellent and water repellent, so that's definitely going to help you out. So you can get the coat and the bibs and keep your whole body warm.
0: Now, what do you find people getting more of, uh, coveralls or bibs? Bibs. And is that just for workability and the ability to kind of layer, take things off on top?
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: So who are your customers who are getting the, the the full coveralls?
1: Farmers would. Anybody who works maybe construction, road work, anything like that, they could all come in and wear that big one piece coverall.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny, I've got a pair of insulated bibs at my place and then I've got a pair of just regular Carhartt bibs and I found myself just kind of layering underneath just the regular Carhartt bibs and I really don't wear the insulated ones that much anymore but I'll only be outside and when it's really really cold just for maybe an hour or two while I'm feeding or or doing something like that then I get to come back in so I guess it it makes a difference how much time you're going to be out there.
1: It does, definitely. You definitely do want to layer. Um, I recommend going all the way down to a base layer. You know, you could wear a sweatshirt, wear your regular clothing, your pants and and your shirt, and then have your insulated bibs or even your uninsulated bibs and your nice warm jacket.
0: Yeah. And when it comes to that base layer, you know, there's a number of different materials you can purchase. What do you recommend or what's the difference between the materials that base layers can be made out of?
1: It depends activity level, what you're going to be doing outside, if you have a higher activity level, like you're constantly moving and and working and and grooving and stuff like that, you want to maybe look at something that's tighter, closer to your body, maybe a little bit thinner like a silk weight, and what that does is it um, uses the body heat that you generate to keep you warm now if you're going out maybe not doing so much maybe just walking around you want to use maybe a wool blend type of base layer that will help insulate and keep you keep you warmer keeps the cold air out while keeping the warm in
0: And then do they make base layers uh, out of cotton or synthetics as well?
1: Yes, they do, definitely. Um, There is still the old trusty, rusty, you know, long johns Uh that you can still get, the waffle knit. Those are pretty popular, but all the technology that's coming out with them, you can get anything from your Under Armour base layers all the way down to your just regular long johns.
0: Well, this has been great, and uh, you know we're getting into the middle of January with this episode coming out, so, but we, we're covering such good information, it almost makes you want to extend winter, doesn't it, just so people can wear this stuff?
1: Maybe not <laughs> so long to extend winter. I think we're ready for spring.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Well, Rebel, thank you so much. I really do appreciate your time and all of your expertise. It's, it's been great, and hopefully uh, we're helping some people understand this stuff and answering questions for folks out there before they even get into a D&B.
1: Right. Well, thanks, Matt. I appreciate being on.
0: Thank you all for joining us today, and here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For The d and Show, I'm Matt Breckwald.